You're saying that the environment shapes the story? They respond to it, do you see? But we have a, a tradition that comes from the first millennium BC, somewhere else, and we're handling that. It has not turned over and assimilated the uh, qualities of our culture and the new things that are possible and the new vision of the universe. It must be kept alive. The only people that can keep it alive are artists of artists. one kind or another. That the artist is, his function is the mythologization of the environment and the world. Artist being the poet, the musician, the, the author. Exactly. The writer. Yes. And I think we've had a couple of greats in the recent times. I think of James Joyce as, as uh, such a, a revealer of the mysteries of growing up and becoming a human being. And uh, for me, he and uh, Thomas Mann were my, my principal gurus, you might say as I was trying to shape my own life. I think in the visual arts, there were two men whose work seemed to me to handle mythological themes in a marvelous way. And one was Paul Clay and the other Picasso. These two men really knew what they were doing all the way, I think, and had a great versatility in their revelations. I mean, our artists are the myth makers of our day. The myth-makers in earlier days were the counterparts of our artists. They drew the paintings on the walls, yes. they performed the rituals. There's an old romantic idea uh, in German, das Volk dichtet, that say that the uh, poetry of uh, the traditional cultures and the ideas come out of the folk. They do not. They come out of an elite experience, the experience of people particularly gifted, whose ears are open to the song of the universe, and that they speak to the folk, and there is an answer from the folk which is then received. There's an interaction, but the first impulse comes from above, not from below, in the shaping of folk traditions. So who would have been in these early elementary cultures, as you call them, the equivalent of the poets today? The shaman. The shaman is the person who has in his late childhood, early youth, could be male or female, had a, an overwhelming psychological experience that uh, turns them totally inward. The uh, whole unconscious has opened up and they've fallen into it. And it's been described many, many times and it occurs all the way uh, from Siberia right through the Americas down to Tierra del Fuego. It's a kind of schizophrenic crack-up, the shaman experience. What kind of uh, experience? Dying and resurrecting, you know, uh, being on the brink of death and coming back. Actually experience the death experience. People who have very deep dreams. Dream is a great source of the spirit. And uh, then people who in the woods have had mystical encounters. Well, let me, let me, let me try to be specific about it. The shaman becomes some person in, in a society who is drawn by experience from the normal world into the world of the gifted. That's right. Most of us think of shaman as a, a magician, mm -hmm. but they play a much more important role than simply being a Oh, no, they play trickster. the role that uh, the priesthood plays in our ah, society. These are the that, first the, priests? Well, there's a major difference, as I see it, between a shaman and a priest. A priest is a functionary of a social sort. The society uh, worships certain deities in a certain way, and the priest becomes ordained as a functionary to carry on that ritual. And the deity uh, that 
to whom he is devoted is a deity that was there before he came along. The shaman's uh, powers are symbolized in familiars, deities of his own personal experience. And his authority comes out of a psychological experience, not a social ordination. Do you understand what I mean? And the one who had this psychological experience, this traumatic experience, this ecstasy, would become the interpreter for others of things not seen? Uh, he would become the interpreters of a heritage of mythological uh, life, you might say, yes.